Welcome to the Pastors Podcast. This is Pastor Scott. With me today are Pastors Brian and Pastors Matt. Hello, hello. Pastors Brian. Pastor Needless S. Needless S on those. Well, there's two of us. Also, I know, but then I said it twice. Well, we were going in order. It was a it was my what do you mean order. What does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> You're going in order. Also with us today, and maybe more significantly, is the wonderful Fawn Kemble. Hi. Fawn is crowding us. Wild. I appreciate your concern about grammar, Scott. I you know, especially when spoken. What, what would important. you say if there were two different people who were the Surgeon General? How would you describe that and pluralize that, Scott? The surgeons, general. Wow. Excellent. Nailed well it. done. Well done. <laughs> he tried to test me, no, and I won. I didn't try. That's not how tests work. That you is. Passed. Win, loss, set. So Fawn is I'll joining. Find us. another way for you to fail. Don't Fawn. worry. <laughs> Fawn is joining <laughs> us from the high desert. Thanks for making the time. Yeah, no problem. Uh, I know many of you know Fawn. Fawn was a longtime church member and just a. Uh, close friend to a lot of us and also um, the author and creator of the Awkward Spinster blog, web blog, um, where she writes about, really about kind of all things from a, from the perspective of a single woman about singleness and particularly like Christianity and singleness. And that's actually why we thought it'd be really helpful, fun to have you Join us today and just just to glean some of your wisdom, because today we want to talk about navigating this season and this time, this, you know, what quarantine, safer at home, social distancing, et cetera, and the unique challenges that come for with those for those that are single. Um, We've talked we talked just last week about the unique challenges of kids and starting schools and of parents. And I think for all sorts of different people in different life situations. They, this season just comes with different challenges and it comes with some particularly unique and maybe even particularly striking challenges um, for those that are single and especially for those that are uh, living by themselves. And so I really, I think a lot of our church family is single and is navigating this season with the unique challenges that come with that. Um, maybe, if I'm, maybe we'll start with you, but also I know Matt and Brian, I want you guys to chime in as I know you've interacted with a lot of different people in our church and engaged as well. But what are some of the dynamics that make this season particularly difficult for those that are single? I think when we're thinking about singleness, we have to realize that it's not a big monolith. It's not like all single people fit into one mold. There are many different kinds of singleness. Um, And so right now, different dynamics that play into that with this season of... um, of COVID going around and and the economics of that and the dangers of that, um, you are going to have single parents who are going to be struggling with how to have their kids go to school when they have to work. And that's something um, couples are struggling with. So imagine if you were on your own trying to do that. Um, Elderly singles, elderly singles are really struggling right now because they are most at risk And some of them, if they live in like the retirement homes, if they leave even to go to a doctor's appointment, when they come back, they have to quarantine for 14 days and literally not see anyone for that 14 days. They can't go to the canteen and get their food. They have to do it in their rooms. Um, It's really um, lonely for them. 
Um, when you live alone, you're worried about um, just the dynamics of how you relate with your family. Like, should you stay alone? Should you visit your friends? Should you visit your family? Um, living with roommates, same, like different dynamics of if, you, if one roommate's going to work and one's working from home, how does that work? What about their families? Um, if you're trying to date, if you're single and you're trying to date during this time, those dynamics are insane. Like, how mm. do you even do that? Do you have Zoom dates? This is awkward enough. I can't imagine trying to date like that. Um, essential workers, the dynamics of that when they work so hard, if they're nurses, police officers, whatever, and then they come home to no one. Um, and then singles with health struggles, you know, who are no longer being able to get rides to the doctor and things like that. So a lot of different dynamics playing into this, um, depending on what type of single life you're, le you're leading right now, but they're all complicated. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's, it's striking to me. I think even simply the picture of what does it look like to, to come home and what does that yeah. look like, right? Whether it's, you know, doing what you need to do and then coming home, uh, and, you know, every night being by yourself or coming home to roommates and the unique dynamics that like, that's, those are the only people, or that's the only person that you've seen and been interacting in a deep level with. I mean, I, I know that so many people have been, uh, married people have had a lot of struggles even in their marriage, right? Because of that dynamic, I think even heightened with roommates, right? Who, who knows what the situation was that brought you together um, to navigate a season like this. Yeah, I mean, roommates don't always see eye to eye, do they? Right? No, and if no. You're, especially if you don't see eye to eye, like you said, uh, Fawn, about uh, how to navigate this season, maybe you have different, not just different lives where one person is working, the other person is working, or working in the office or as an essential worker and then working from home. Um, you know, what if, what if one person is looser with their approach to um, coronavirus than the other person, and that makes everyone feel uncomfortable, or there's tension in the in in the uh, apartment? So it can be very complicated. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, and actually, Fana, that like the breadth of that explanation, I think, is really really helpful because it helps us to even just see one another and and think about and imagine the unique difficulties that others in our church family that others around us are are having i think that's one of the reasons one of the reasons we want to talk about this is to provide some just some hope and some encouragement and even some specific thoughts for people who are single and we're going to get to that but also to help those who aren't single in our church context to recognize the unique challenges but that those around them to help them love love their neighbor right well yeah. um and what, what are some of the challenges you think people who are single are facing that married people might just might not realize i mean i think you you mentioned a number i think that's that's helpful but i don't know if there are just any other thoughts that are maybe particularly um i don't know maybe particularly hidden uh especially from those that are you know in different uh yeah living a different lifestyle at this point I think one thing that married people might not realize is there are some single people out there who have not physically touched another human being in five months. Mm. There are widows, there are widowers, there are divorced men and women, there are single men and women who live alone and have had to quarantine or stay at home or they're working from home 
and they literally have not had a hug. They haven't had a pat on the back. They haven't shaken a hand. No one has put their arm around them when they pray for five months. Myself, I am blessed because I get to live with my mother who is a widow. So we are two single women living together, but she is literally the only human I have touched in five months since March 13th. And I am a, I am a physically demonstrative person. I'm a hugger and I, I can't even hug my niece and nephew. So I think a lot of people who live in families in a family unit, wife, husband, kids, you might be missing out on that as well because you can't have that contact with as many people. But imagine if you were by yourself. I have some friends who live entirely alone. And um, that is a challenge because we're, we're built to be embodied souls <laughs> and we're built to be um, in community. And part of that is physical. And I think it's easy to forget about the physical side with singles because we also we often talk about the physical side with married people, but there is a physical side to our relationships as singles as well. That is beautiful and good. And um, for a lot of us right now, that is, it's, it's non-existent and that's a tragedy. Yeah. yeah. I think one of the things that it maybe is especially true in LA where you're surrounded by people um, Brian, sometimes you've mentioned it as uh, dying from thirst, uh, surrounded by water, like stuck on a deserted island or something like that, where you're surrounded by water, but you can't drink. And there's a sense in which um, this is a season, number one, in Los Angeles in general, it can be very hard to be uh, a single person because you are surrounded by people, but it can be hard to have deep relationships and build those deep relationships. And Loneliness is a, a serious issue um, uh, uh, in normal life, non-pandemic life. But I think it, it, there's something incredibly heightened about not just that you are uh, potentially staying in your apartment 24 hours a day for five months and not seeing or touching or really interacting in a deep social way with any other people. But for a lot of people, uh, the things about LA that the reason that they're here a lot of people are here because of the community. A lot of times people stay here in Los Angeles to invest in the community, invest in people, love people, care for people, be close to people, and to not have that in a, I'm going to say real way. I, I know you can have that socially uh, over virtual calls and things like that. And I think we all know it's not the same. I think it's an, under, an understatement to say it's not the same. Um, but to be missing that, to be missing what you're talking about, Fawn, for that extended period of time. I think for a lot of the conversations I've had with single people in our church, a lot of it has come up to a lot of questions about, should I even be in LA? Um, yeah. Should I, should I move out of the city? Should I be in a place where I can be near family? Why, why am I here? If I'm working remotely, if I'm stuck inside my apartment all day long. And we have had a lot of people go back to where they grew up and be with their um, parents or, or, or whoever family, some sort of extended family. Um, but that's a real palpable uh, a profound struggle going on in the hearts and minds of a lot of people in our church community right at this moment. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I think one of the things that struck me and it maybe struck me maybe a month ago, uh, Fawn, you mentioned it too, but just is the, is the challenge of dating or hmm. being sort of like I, for, for months, I mean, it's not even something that had crossed my mind. Um, but I also think that like there's a, 
like you said, that's, it's challenging enough, right? Yeah. To meet somebody to navigate uh, new relationships, maybe a new relationship that uh, started right before this all yeah. you know, began happening. Maybe, um, yeah, you know, maybe somebody you even connected with somehow you know, in some one way or another, you've run into over this time. And I, it, 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 and I think it, it can heighten, um, I mean, obviously heightens the awkwardness. It can heighten um, anxiety and, uh, and worry, particularly for those that are, that are striving to do that, that are trying to. And, and, and that's, that's a context where you want to be processing with people a lot. And yeah. I mean, like, it's one of, it's where you want to be talking through issues and situations together with people and, um, you know, crying together and uh, talking through, I mean, this is a situation, a context that is, is so deeply interpersonal and can be really cut short. Mm. Not, not that it has to be entirely cut off, but can be really cut short in the context that we, the, the only con real context, safe context that we have for those kinds of relationships. Yeah. Okay. So were you going to say something fun? I was just going to add to, yeah. I think because it's so complex that some people who are um, continuing dating during this time of coronavirus um, are being tempted to, or giving into being really unwise with their decisions because there doesn't seem to be a good way of doing it with wisdom. So mm. I've, had some singles who I know in my life who are just throwing caution to the wind and going out to and and doing things that they probably wouldn't have done before because the person they're dating wants to pretend like coronavirus isn't an issue and so they're they're they were more cautious before but now because they so want that connection they want that human connection mm. they are kind of being very careless um and yeah so i i think that can be a temptation as well like the 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 yearning for human connection can be very powerful and in the best of times can lead christians to do things that are foolish and so yeah you see that here in different ways yeah and i mean i, th I think of the how the the yearning even just the desire the godly desire for human connection even for physical yeah. connection i can even lead us to significant sexual temptation as well, when yeah. it seems like, quote unquote, like the, uh, the like an easiest way, right? Yeah. To, uh, it's, it, it can heighten uh, those temptations and heighten that tension in some real way. So, okay, so I, I think some, there, there's a part of us, and I think a part of even just the world's perspective that says, okay, so this is really hard. Let's, you know, let's just count the days till maybe it's over. <laughs> Um, but as Christians who know Jesus, the, the gospel speaks, like we believe that the gospel speaks a unique hope into all of the challenges we face and, and, and a powerful hope, um, that, that makes a real difference in how we process it and how we, um, navigate challenges like this. So how, how does the gospel then speak hope into the challenges that people that people who are single are facing right now? Well, I think there's a few things. Um, some of the things I keep coming back to, uh, one of them is that we're, we're not alone in this, even if you live completely alone. Mm -hmm. um, if you are 
a child of, of the Lord, you have the Holy Spirit indwelling you. You have a Savior who is with you. You have a Father who is watching over you. Um, and so just being able to just look at 46 or Romans 8 and remind ourselves that nothing can separate us from the love of God um, and mm. pandemic counts on that list. So um, we might feel separated from everyone and everything, but to um, draw near to the Lord and he will draw near to you, that is um, a truth that has gotten me through a lot. I think also to realize has good work set aside for us for each day. Um, it's very easy to become very um, self-focused. If you're, mm. you're single, if you're living alone or just with a roommate, um, it's easy to just feel like you are an island and to worry about only things that affect you. And there is a huge burden. That's another struggle with singleness is this burden of decision-making. You don't have that partner to do it with you. You have to make all the decisions by yourself. And that is hard. <laughs> Just realizing that some of those decisions need to actually think about other people. Even if you're being very, very careful with your social distancing, just coming up with ways that you can still be serving others and not. Um, so you, you can feel like you're very useless when you're alone and you don't have a spouse or kids to help take care of, but just finding little ways of reaching out to others, reminding ourselves that the one another's still exist, that we are still a community. We should still be interacting with our churches. Um, so even, you know, texting your friends, checking on people, dropping off little things to, you know, cheer someone up even if you don't have any money but you you know cut a flower from your garden or something and put it on someone's doorstep that you know just little things like that to show um to show that you're still reaching out and you still care about others so that's a big thing with singleness it's so focusing outward can be really good and then i think reminding yourself that um i don't know I've been looking through scripture a lot lately on how many times God specifically talks about his special care for the widow and the orphan and the fatherless. Mm. And as a single woman today, I feel like I fall into that category because in the times the old and new Testament were written, you didn't really have independent single women. It wasn't a thing. If you were a single woman, you had to be either in your, you, you had to be in your husband or you were, if as a woman, you had to be in your husband, your father or maybe even your brother's household um, but you didn't you didn't have single women just owning their own property doing their own thing so when God talks about the orphan and the widow and the fatherless I think that singles can fall into that category today because that wasn't a category then um, and there's like 70 or more times that God has specific care for those categories in the Bible. It's insane how many times those are mentioned. Um, it's mind boggling to me how often yeah. God reminds his church to care for those people. And so I think searching the word to see how God sees you. Single people, God sees you. Widows, he sees you. Single moms and dads, he sees you. And he has a special care for you and that to me was, is very powerful mm. 
I think sometimes um, the way that uh, single people feel when you, you ask a question like this, like the gospel, how does the gospel intersect with this? It, it, they tend to feel like it comes in and confronts them mm-hmm. most of the time. And, and I, there's reasons for that. Um, I mean, a lot of times, you know, uh, when you start talking about idolatry in the church, what, you know, what are the, the top three, you know, relation, you know, romance, money, and career, right? <laughs> and, and so there's a way that um, when single people feel lonely, um, the, and you say, how does the gospel inter- interact with that? One of the first knee-jerk reactions is, well, I shouldn't worship romance. Or I shouldn't worship, because there's a way that gets repeated so often um, that a question like this can feel confrontational. It can feel like, well, I'm not doing, I'm not doing well because I'm lonely. Um, I should be more spiritually mature than to be lonely. And I think sometimes married people feed into that um, when they have those conversations. It's, you know, well, yes, I'm sure it's hard, but, you know, without passing go or collecting $200, you really can't worship these things. Circumstances won't make you happy, yada, 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 on down the line. Um, and I think one of the first things the gospel says to single people is that it's okay to be, to be sad about being lonely. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, that's yeah. an okay, th- 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 yeah. I mean, to Fawn's point, there's a unique care, there's a compassion, there's a way of God entering into your experience that if you skip over that, there's really, it, it's going to be very difficult and impossible to move forward with all the other stuff. Um, but that it's incredibly important to understand that one of the things the gospel does is say that God cares and, he, and it's, it, it can be very difficult in this time. It doesn't mean that you're defined by whether you have a relationship or not or defined by whether you're married or not or all those other things. It just means that sometimes this is really hard. And I think in this particular situation, it is uniquely hard because the loneliness crops up in ways that it, it, yeah, it's helpful to think that the idea of coming home is a helpful way of thinking about it because coming home is where you, you have a sense of togetherness and regrouping, you know? Um, And in a season like this, for married people, that home is a home full of people. And for some single people, the roommates are that way. And you know, there's, there's, there's ways that that can function, but for single people home is, is typically away from where they live. And so when you quarantine people to where they live, for a lot of single people, you're quarantining them away from their home, mm-hmm. away from where all those things are resourced. And so there's a way that trying to, trying to, the gospel ought to speak to people who are single through its truth and its character and what it means about the God they worship and how he's in it with you. It also should speak a word about how the church ought to respond to these things and how there ought to be a kind of understanding that reaches out from other people in terms of the body of Christ. And so there's lots of ways I would want to be very encouraging in the, the lament direction here, not yeah. because you should be sad if you're not married, but because this is a struggle for all of us. And in the ways it's a unique struggle for each of us, we can find unique ways that lament is an appropriate response. And the gospel frees us to that because it tells us that God cares about us in those situations. He wants to have compassion and be sympathetic in our times of need. Yeah. Absolutely. So good. So I actually, I think that that leads in and even Fawn, you're, your reminder, I love that picture, just of how deeply and repeatedly God expresses his care and his love and his compassion, his special care um, for those that are, that would be isolated, lonely, um, without support. Um, to, to me, it, it, and it, in light of what you said too, Brian, it, it begs the question of what of what some of what's what those of us who are married, what we can do to love those who are single around us during this season, um, how we can show that love, how we can both see and actually serve 
those. I mean, actually, I, I think of the, uh, this topic has been on, kind of on the list in a sense of things we wanted to talk about during this time for a while. But the, the, actually, to be completely honest, the reason we're talking about it today is because last week I got an email from, um, from a, a woman in the church uh, who is married, has been married for a long time, but knows a lot of, has a lot of single people in her life and was particularly concerned and has been striving to love and care for just the people around her and asked if we would talk about it. Um, asked if we would talk about a topic uh, on this podcast and asked if we would talk about a topic that actually didn't, like it wasn't about her, it didn't directly affect her, but it affected deeply those that she loved and cared about. And I, I so appreciated it and, and, and it reminded me that like, this shouldn't just be on the list, like there, there's an urgency to this topic as well. Um, and I just thought of it as such a beautiful, like one specific kind of outworking of that kind of love, of that kind of like others focused, you know, um, just seeing of other people. But, but what, what are some ways that we, as those who are married, can strive to love our brothers and sisters um, who may be struggling in some of these unique ways of being single during this season? Yeah, I've talked about this on my blog a lot. I think I even had one while talking to singles um, for for dummies. Which, for which, wait, 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 wait. Talking <laughs> to singles for dummies. What are you saying? What are you saying about us? You're a when, dummy. When I said us, it was married people. I didn't mean us dummies. You're a, you're a dummy is what she's saying. What's the, Vaughn, can you give everyone the, the, the web address so they yeah, can yeah. go to that? Uh, it's awkwardspinster.com. Amazing. Honestly, there's so many great resources there. Really <laughs> and if you're a dummy, that. there's a lot of resources there. Uh, well, I, I did Anyways. have the talking to marrieds for dummies for singles as well. So you did. You did. It was yes, great. I did. But I think a lot of the principles that apply for how married people can reach out to singles in just a sort of a normal average time still apply now. You just have to get even more intentional and even more creative. Um, but one of them is right now, um, family units are kind of um, closing ranks. So when you are worried about a global pandemic and things like that, you are worried about exposure. And so you have families who are having their COVID bubbles, right? So you might have, okay, you, me, my kids, that's, you know, that's my bubble. And yeah. So we're having the exposure to that and, you know, maybe the kids have some sport or something they're doing, they have exposure to that, but we're going to limit it to that. Um, but a lot of families close rank around family. So one encouragement would be to consider um, inviting a single person to join your COVID bubble. Mm. So that's just a really practical thing. And obviously there's a lot more to take into this. It depends on, you know, how at risk your family is. And if that person, that single person, that friend of yours, is as careful as you or doesn't mind uh, that you're looser with it. So that's a big conversation to have. But I think it's a conversation every single family should have. Mm -hmm. I think every family in Los Angeles should invite a single person they know into their bubble if they can. Mm -hmm. Again, that's a conversation you have to have. You have to be wise about it. Some people have um, health issues and things like that. You've got to be careful. I'm really careful because I live with my elderly mom. So I kind of live the life of a 70 year old lady <laughs> because Does whatever she know I you call her that 
She's going to listen to this. <laughs> Does she know you call her she my knows. elderly mom? She knows. Yeah, she might. You might not be living there much longer. <laughs> right? I might have to join your COVID bubble. <laughs> <laughs> Like, we'll, I, we'll, I, we'll edit it out. We'll edit it out. We've got we got we got really strong editing skills here. We, do we always that. we always talk about Scott editing. edits out like ninety percent of my jokes. So if you're listening to this and you're like, "Where are Matt's jokes?" They're edited out. So yeah. he'll probably edit out this part too. <laughs> Sorry, Fawn. Continue. So that's, yeah, that's, that's a big thing, though. That's yeah. a big thing yeah. to do. You're literally inviting someone into your family. But I've talked about this on my blog before. I think every family should be inviting singles into their family anyway. Mm. I think you should adopt, you know, the aunties and uncles, the, the extraneous members of the church as, into your lives. So yeah. that's one way of doing it, um, especially, you guys, single parents. Single mm. parents need that more than ever. If you can start a like tutoring pod with them if you can merge your kids with their kids to have a three times a week they do their their dis um they these moms and dads need you more than ever before um and they are they have fewer resources um mm -hmm. and in los angeles full income is nigh it, it's pretty impossible so financial help might be important um, and people aren't going to say that as much. So if you know someone who might be struggling and you have a little extra to bless them, maybe just ask them outright, hey, can I give you some money? <laughs> and that's a weird thing we don't like talking about in the church and people don't like asking for help. But if you can do that, especially you guys, your single parent friends, um, so finances, but that also just a a bubble with their kids. Um, and again, that's a bigger conversation. I know that's not going to be possible for everyone, but it is totally possible for a lot of you guys. Well, I, you know, I, I, I think it's such a great, even just concept to help us even evaluate how we've been thinking and what we've been seeing. Cause I think you're right. It's a big conversation. Yes. It, it's it, different things are going to work for different families. But after five and a half months, if we haven't even thought about it at all, right? If we haven't even talked about it, we haven't even considered those who are single or might be extra isolated around us, uh, then that in and of itself, I think, is, is, is telling and is a great opportunity to, uh, to take this time to say, okay, what, how, okay l l let me open my eyes a little bit and, and ask these questions. Um, and again, di different families are going to have different answers, but while every family shouldn't necessarily do the same thing, I think every family ought to be answering, asking the questions, right? Wrestling through that. And, I, and I think it's helpful to find your, your explanation of the breadth of singleness at the beginning of the podcast. I think sometimes when you say the word single, people have a particular age, life stage mm. group in mind that they think about. And so if you're listening to this and you're wondering who are the single people in my life, maybe you've never thought about it that way. Um, think about the breadth of what Fawn mentioned earlier in the podcast, because there are people all around you everywhere in your life that uh, uh, might fit into this category as someone you could love in this way. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, the, um, the latest statistic was that 50 to 55% of churches in America are single. And we don't think of it that way. We think of like, oh, the 20 somethings, you know, <laughs> which is a part of it. But yeah. 
Um, another thing you really should be thinking about how to reach out to the elderly people in your community. Like mm. um, there are homes full of elderly people and, and they are the most at risk and they've had the most deaths and it is the scariest for them. And a lot of them are truly quarantined. They are not allowed to see their grandkids. They're not, they're truly quarantined. Um, so even like if you have kids, maybe some Saturday, uh, have your kids just write a bunch of cards, get the mm. crayons out draw little cards and send them to just the random old folks home down the, down the street from you. Like there are people who haven't had a piece of mail, you know, so there are ways, little things. Um, like I have, uh, I had Auntie Fawn's mobile library where I drove around to all the families in my prayer group and dropped books off for their kids for the first <laughs> few months until the library was able to open up again for pickup. Uh. And just, I, I had access to my school library. I was a librarian. That was before we closed our school library. So I just got books and dropped them off. So there are things you can do that are still, you know, safe. And if you can't invite someone into your COVID bubble, there are still ways you can reach out. Um, my mom brought Taco Bell to her elderly friend yesterday because she hadn't had fast food in, in four months. <laughs> <laughs> So she just had the bland cafeteria food at her old folks home. And my mom wasn't allowed in, they aren't allowed in, but she just dropped it off at the front desk of the old folks home. And, and the lady got like a chalupa. She was so cool. <laughs> I really wanted to know what the order was. I'm glad you, glad you said it. <laughs> it was like the best day for her. So just even little tiny things just, but I do think we really need to think about the elderly too, as, as most of them are, are widows and widowers. So they are alone in this time. I mean, uh, in a general sense, I think there is a, even without the pandemic, there is a, a reality to the fact that uh, the elderly are some of the most vulnerable people in our society and oftentimes are forgotten by churches. And that's a really great call for us as a church, as followers of Christ to love our neighbors well. And one of the things that keeps coming up across the board through this season is how comfortable it seems like a lot of us all of us probably have gotten with the idea that you kind of need to have all of your kind of mental and physical energy taken care of before you can start thinking about other people mm. um and i think it's intriguing that of of fond suggestions for both single people and married people the suggestion for both groups was look outside of kind of your own immediate needs and desires, even if things are crazy for you. And there's something very biblical about that. Um, and there's something to be said for the idea that uh, it's, it's amazingly restful and perspective shifting and even energy shifting to stop thinking about how you can get things better for yourself, um, even when that's a legitimate desire and start thinking about how, how can I meet the needs of somebody else? It's amazing how that's not actually sapping you more. Oftentimes that's increasing the energy you have. It's just a very fascinating, you know, yeah. last shall be first kind of thing. Yeah. Putting, you know, considering others more significant than yourself actually helps you mm. um, in a very strange way. And so I think there's, there's an, a real interesting lesson in that for all of us yeah. to begin to, to try and insert that into our own ideas of what self-care means. Sometimes self-care is genuinely looking out for the needs of others. It's just a really fascinating kind of uh, uh, connection there. Yeah, it's so important to remember. That's so helpful. So, I mean, I, and I think, uh, Fawn, to your 
even to the statistic you kind of threw out there that you know half of the American church, only half of the American church is married, half of the American church is single. I, I mean that that's been the uh, that's what we've been we've seen when we've run the numbers here at Cornerstone, yeah. right? That we're we're not talking to a uh, mar- a church filled with married people about what to do for that small minority of those who are single, right? We're 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 talking to a a church family, half of who are married and half of who are single. Um, about how to see one another, love one another, care for one another in the midst of that. And so um, as, as we think about that, as we think about the, those that are single in our midst, any, any just last either encouragements or practical, um, uh, practical recommendations or um, even just things you want them to, you would encourage them to remember in the midst of this season that, that, or that any of us would. I really encourage single Christians to stay in the church, even if it's just virtually. Um, one of the things mm. I'm seeing with a lot of my single counselees or friends is they're they're not um, involved at all in their churches. They have um, they started at the beginning watching every Sunday, but you know life got the best of them. Work got busy, you know whatever, and and they want to sleep in on Sundays, whatever it is. Um, and we don't have the accountability that like, if you have a spouse, if you have kids, you're probably a little bit more feeling like, oh, crumb, I have to get church up on the computer because I want the kids to see it or something. If you live alone, it's really easy to just sleep, mm. <laughs> sleep in. Um, and also there are people who just honestly haven't heard from anyone in their churches. And so they're feeling like, why should I, why should I keep watching sermons? Why should I? keep reaching out? Why should I keep texting people? Why should I keep praying for them? Um, and so I'm actually seeing a lot of people who are um, kind of floating away. And as um, you guys mentioned too, a lot of people who are single and live alone are leaving. They're, they're moving out of the state, going back to their hometowns, or at least they're visiting. They might go and stay with their family for a couple of months because they, you know, quarantine yeah. long enough and they can safely do that. And they can't do that with their friends here anymore. And when they do that, they're also going to be disconnected from their church because they're going to be in a different time zone. Um, so my encouragement to singles is to stay connected to your local church if you can. Um, some of our local churches actually have kind of fallen apart, which is hard. Um, so just find, find a Christian community and stay part of it. And you might have to be pushy to do that. You might have to be the one texting people. I know that we as singles want people to reach out to us. We yearn for that. We, we ache for people to reach out to us. But the reality of it is nine times out of 10, we're going to have to make the first move. Um, so do it. You know, if you need something, if you need prayer, if you need someone to lament with you, if you need help with finances, if you need someone to sit in your backyard six feet away and drink coffee with, you know, um, if you need someone to send you mail in your old folks home, like text someone, reach out. But I really encourage singles to become very proactive with that connection to the church, because if you um, float away from it, it will only get worse, not better. And God created us to be a body. He created us to be a family and we are best together and it'll get just more depressing by yourself. So that's my, my biggest encouragement. It's hard. Um, because a lot of us are not getting reached out to. So um, I encourage you to be bold, you know, 
text your pastor and say, Hey dude, <laughs> why haven't I heard from you? <laughs> you know, text your friends and say like, let's, you know, I know you've had zoom meetings all day, every day, but we need to have a Google meeting tonight. Like do it, reach out. Yeah. It's a, it's a good point. Brian's number is three one zero six two two. No, I, you know, I, I think it's such a, I think it's such a helpful reminder for all of us that that type of proactivity and is, is what is what's needed. It's what's needed for all of us. And one of the things we want to say to you, if you are single in our church community, is we, we want you to know that we, we do see you and we are burdened with you and have been praying for you and have been striving to, as your pastors, make sure that we are reaching out to and connecting with every, everyone. But um, it's, we, we also recognize that we fall short of that as we fall short of that and the church in general does too. But if there's anything we can do, we, we want to help get you connected. Um, I think this is a, a, a great reminder and call for community groups to live that out. Um, but for some that aren't, connected into community groups or maybe on the fringes or something has it, you know, worked out. We, we want to get you connected. We want to work towards that and do everything we can to um, help. Around. I think this is also, this to me also is a uh, reminder of why it's important, to, especially for community groups now and for individuals to, to fight, to find ways to engage in person, to not just be, you know, online constantly, if you possibly can, you know, in distanced ways, in safe ways to basically to, to continue to have the hard conversations of what are you comfortable with? What's wise for you? What am I comfortable with? What's wise for me to, you know, and, and to have those conversations every few weeks, because oftentimes it changes, <laughs> you know, um, but we need to be continuing to have those conversations and, and, and striving to do everything we can to connect to to be the church, to be those embodied souls with one another, um, especially after the, the last five months that we've all had. So um, anything else? You guys, we good? Fawn, thank you so much for you, taking the time. Yeah, this is so, I mean, just Thanks blessed me and pointed me so many different ways. And um, yeah, thankful that you're able to join us and that and I know you've been joining us in a lot of different ways. You know how special you are to our, our church family and to my family in particular. So uh, we can't, can't thank you enough. Um, and thank you for listening. We will see you virtually on Sunday.